Guess who's back? Back again. Christopher from Dorset's back. Tell a friend. Hello. I'm back. Well, I think we've started. Yeah, that seems fair. I'm calling that the beginning. Yeah, Eminem wasn't really... He didn't go heavy in on the bitches, I don't think. No, he's very upset about his ex-girlfriend. Yeah, yeah he's more about... Um, not really in vengeance, just uh, moaning. Yeah, he was quite moany. Complaining about his ex-wife and his mum. Mm. I I, uh, I think he was one of the finest uh, poets of a generation. I think lyrically he uh, can't be beaten. He's, he's excellent, but um, subject matter is maybe where he uh, falls down. On the upside, he now has to watch a generation of men who grew up on his music start dating his daughter, so... That's got to be pretty awkward. Uh, it's remarkable he hasn't killed anyone yet, hasn't it? Are we sure that he well, has? Yeah, that we know of. Well, I mean, he pistol whipped somebody, didn't he? We don't, want to, make, we don't want to make false him. accusations of his innocence without proof. No, no, no that's true, yeah. Okay, well, um, let's just assume he's done something horrific until we're prove, proved wrong. Excellent. So, this will be episode 61. Uh, I'm Graham. Adam's over there. Hello. Quite a long way over there. He's on uh, satellite delay. Uh, Dan's to my left. Hello. And Christopher from Dorset is hiding underneath my table. Hello. What's he doing down there? Um, you know the bit in um, Police Academy? I'm going to yep, say three. Yeah. Which it worries um, me that we can both sort of just call back to a, a scene in Police Academy and be like, yeah. Police Academy, of course, I know exactly what you're talking about. Which Police Academy would that have been? It was Mahoney, so it was... Yeah, it still had Mahoney, so it was still good. When did he leave? He was in yeah, four, was wasn't four, he? Four, yeah, I don't think he was in five. What was four? Was four Sisters on Patrol? Yes. Yeah. I didn't like four very much. Oh, I liked Sisters on Patrol. Yeah. Five was assignment Miami Beach. Yeah. And, and they just got another just man in to play Mahoney. Yeah, yeah, he was awful. And then uh, six was... Under Siege. City Under Siege. Oh yes, that was actually pretty good. Was it? I think. So what and was seven um, was mission to Moscow, wasn't it? What was oh. three? Three was oh, I just looked it up. Three was back in training. Yes. Oh, that was, that was a weak one. That was very poor. Two was their first assignment. One yeah. was uh, didn't need a subtitle because no, it was just, just, just um, academy. Have you seen they are there is a uh, a police academy next generation in development? Oh fuck off! Mm-hmm. I think the only way they could improve it would be to like a gritty remake with <laughs> like Mahoney as a sex criminal or something well, like, who's oh, been sent there. Battlestar Galactica, where you know someone dies in a training accident in the first like ten minutes. Yeah, I mean something. Like that. I'm I'm thinking more like um, Batman Begins style. Did reboot. you know there was a Police Academy TV series? Was there really? No. Was it animated? No, it was. It had real people in it. Did it have you the know guy that made all the sounds in it? No, of course not. I, I don't know. It didn't have any people I recognise the name of. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess the guy who makes all the sounds, he would have like a psychiatric disorder that would need treatment in the gritty reboot, wouldn't he? Yeah. I mean, probably a lot of them would. Um, Hightower would just be roided to fuck, and yes. um, would um, presumably like, he'd go down on a on a hate crime, not hate crime, like a rageful um, beating. Yeah. Um, who's the little woman? Um, oh, it's it's plural. Her name. Anyway, her she would be. Um, 
like physically stunted in some way because her mother drank during pregnancy. Oh, um, what? It's a gritty reboot. It's meant yeah, to be harsh. Know, fuck's sakes. Um, Captain Harris. Oh, I mean, he was pretty gritty, wasn't he? So no well, need to make any changes there. The drill sergeant in um, Apocalypse Now. Mm, yeah, that's good. Push too far and get shot. Yeah, I think there's um, a lot of uh, room for something great to happen here. I, I wouldn't say there's a lot of room. What I feel about movies is why don't people write new movies and new plots rather than just remaking well, things? Well, think about a that. Lot of it's, it's really difficult. Yeah, yeah. And also, they've made all of the films now. Yeah. They've made them all. That's why they've just got to go back and, and rehash and all like, ones. To be fair, who remembers old films? Like, yeah, well, exactly. we do. We remember like, old films in, who, in real details. I mean, who who remembers details. Like, Ghostbusters or like uh, any of those films? Like Nobody does. Nobody remembers them. They, they were years ago. We're not allowed to remember Ghostbusters because the new remake has um, obviously resulted in all of the old copies being removed and destroyed, uh, taken down off the internet, and... Um, all references to it annihilated, or at least that's I think it's it, it's a mistake that um, they've put subliminal programming into the new Ghostbusters that erases the memories or or just corrupts the memories from your childhood and destroys it. I yeah. think that's they shouldn't have done that. Really, they should have just made a film. Hooks, that's the little lady. Hooks. Oh yeah, yeah. And who is the um, blonde one with the massive boobs? Callahan. That's her. At thirteen, she was as. Fit as fuck, but can we please now, clarify when you were thirteen? <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, when, as a thirteen-year-old viewer, she was uh, yeah, she was great. But then as a grown-up, I think mm, just a big pair of tits, which is, I mean, that could, be, that could be applied to anyone that a thirteen-year-old fancies, probably. Yeah. Um. Right. So, what's been going on this week? Um, still, basically. Oh, God, they're still going on the fucking Olympics. We get it, you do sports, get over yourselves. Well, the important thing to remember is we're now second in the medals table, which means we're yeah. almost the best at Olympics. But one of those gold medals, what we got, was for um, dressage, so that doesn't count, because they give it to the driver but and even, not the horse. even without that medal, we're still second. Yeah. It's called I, dancing. Why don't they put the horse on the podium? Because um, it's the horse that does all the work. Any any idiot could get on a horse yeah, and make the, the it like dance. Is, like it's a standard Olympic sized podium. You can't fit a horse on it. I, I suppose well, all more bigger. accurately, you can fit a horse on it. You can't fit three horses on it. Yeah, well, they could just parade one by one, couldn't they? Well, that's not fair. Like, what's the point oh, if the horses don't not. stand on the podium? I, mean, I like the um, green swimming pool. Yeah, it's good. It's isn't just it? full of um, full of. I believe piss is. Uh, no, um, no, it's. Um, Somebody got the dates mixed up, and it's like they do in um, in Boston uh, for St. Patrick's Day, where well, they the dye the off. river green. Oh, I see. They thought it was, yeah. Yeah, science um, can't explain why the river in Chicago um, and Boston, whatever it is, turns green. It's really weird, but it does yeah. it on that day every year, and they, they have no idea why. No. Strange. Much, much like in Brazil. Yes, except um, that's because of all the athletes doing pisses in it. Possibly. No, they don't go purple. We had this conversation before. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. Chris, do you know if that's true, that um, swimming pools can have a thing in that makes it go purple if you do a wee? I don't know if it's true or not. I have done a small survey myself, and uh, (laughs) I have have been unable to confirm that any of the swimming pools I have experimented with um, have that compound in them. 
because I have tried a Wii and it didn't go purple, but I mean, that doesn't prove anything really. That just proves that Wakefield Council can't afford the chemical. Yeah, I mean, if we've all conducted our own surveys and none of us have found the compound, then perhaps it doesn't exist. But grown-ups wouldn't have told us it did when it didn't, because, I mean, well, I mean, if they did, then uh, we should dip into the pension pot a bit more, because fuck those guys. None of the grown-ups that I ever trusted told me that. It was all of uh, the, you know, you hear it at school, you hear it on the television, maybe. Apparently, apparently the, uh, the the tales of this particular um, purple compound go back as far as 1958. Holy smokes. So we're getting it second hand rumours. Our parents were told it and now they and then they just passed it on to us without questioning it. Yeah. Uh, apparently nearly half of Americans surveyed believe that it exists. We should invent it and make a fortune. Mm. Um, or, or finally, invent it and randomly stealth dump it in pools. Okay. Yeah, but then you you'd be horrified when like every pool you put it into just immediately turned purple. It's yeah, like fuck it, good, I'm never it? swimming again. You could um, get, you know, like um, when the rugby man had a blood capsule in his mouth. Yes, um, yes. You could just put one of those in your pocket and go past someone you don't like and just pop it, but like next to their penis, not yours. Mm. And then uh, everyone would think they'd done a wee and uh, they'd be ostracised from society. So, um, pomegranates. Yeah. No. What, the, what the fuck? I never had one. Don't they have like? Don't, isn't there like pomegranate-based drinks or something now? That's supposed oh to yeah, be like it's pomegranate-based everything. But um, fruit, like fruit has got one or two seeds in it, right? But a pomegranate has got a thousand. Yeah, it's but just really the, but no the world isn't hasn't been overrun by pomegranate trees. So are their seeds just shit or something? I guess it must just be really inefficient. Mm. Yeah, well, just make better seeds, you fucking idiot, pomegranates. Yeah, they're like um, somebody with a low sperm count, just having sex with as many people as they can. I think that's a I, reasonable I analogy. Pomegranates has just gone up markedly. What? Because they're firing blanks. No, because they're having lots of sex. Oh, I see. Well, I think that makes me um, hate them. No, why would that? Doesn't matter. No. Um, right, uh, Skynet continues to form right in front of us, according to. My colleague Daniel. Yes. Um, if you click the link, you will see. You remember uh, a few months ago, uh, we um, showed you. The idea is you fucking read shit out to me. What? What? I meant to go and read it ourselves. What's the point? Might as well just read it now. You don't have to say anything. Yeah. Right. Let's everyone, just take, Daniel. everyone just take five minutes and we'll read this in silence. Just tweet a bloody link. Go on. Read it out to us. Summarize. Tell us why I should care. This points the way to soft robotics with eight wiggly arms. Basically, you remember a couple of months ago we talked about. Um, these bizarre little electric eel robots. Oh, the robot sea snakes that are going to kill us all, yeah. Terrifying. Yep, so they're not content with sea, sea snakes, which at least looks like normal. They've gone for robot fucking octopus. It looks mm. creepy as fuck. And, um, yeah, I can only assume this is evidence that someone somewhere is creating Skynet, and Skynet is starting to create its horrific robotic minions. No, this is evidence that someone somewhere was creating a robot for filming Japanese pornography, and they were caught, and they had to pretend that it was research into a robotic octopus. Mm. That's actually even more horrifying and probably true. Ugh. So what's the, to what end are they creating a robot octopus? Well, I mean, obviously the ultimate end is um, humanity's destruction, but... 
what are they saying is the point? Apparently it's just because uh, it can flex and squish as needed, and it's an excellent engineering challenge. So Adam well, is absolutely 100% right. It's for um, tentacle sex. Yes. Okay, well, fair enough. Ugh. Um, so Chris, you are claiming that uh, robots can smell. Yeah, I, I mean, you told me quite forcefully that my idea for the uh, contextual uh, cheese shop that Adam is going to have, that it couldn't be staffed by robots because they wouldn't be able to smell the cheese. However, I have witnessed a robot smelling, so they can smell. So I went through um, security at Gatwick, and they had a robot that smelt my toiletries. Hmm. Are you sure and that wasn't fetishist it... disguised as a robot? <laughs> it was definitely like a robot. Suit or something. It had um, an assistant, and the assistant sort of um, ruffled the bag up to get all the smells in the air, and then put it on the robot's nostrils, uh, and then the robot smelt the toiletries and said, yeah, it's okay, these aren't explosive toiletries, and let me through. Wouldn't you just make a bomb that smelt of, like... Um... Davidoff cold water or something, and then you'd be fine. Well, I mean, that's that's perhaps where terrorists are going to go next. Now that robots can can it's, smell got, explosive. Of course, it all becomes clear now. It's just a scam to get terrorists to buy a bunch of duty free. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it's um, the idea is that terrorists will have to develop their own perfumes, and they'll decide that maybe that's a better life for them than um, blowing up aeroplanes. Which, let's face it, terrorists don't do. Yeah. What, blow up aeroplanes? Not very often. Yeah, very, very rarely. There, there is disproportionate amount of security, isn't it, compared to, like... I mean, you could fuck up a lot of people by blowing up a train, and no one gives a shit about trains. No, it's true. true. Why do they get so bent over aeroplanes? Well, aeroplanes are more I exciting, aren't they? I think it's the they? whole 9-11 thing. If you get on an aeroplane, mm. instead of blowing it up, you take it over, you can... Can do quite a lot of damage. Well, someone should drive a train into a building to teach them a lesson. Yeah, but the thing is, you'd only point the train either forwards or backwards. Okay, well, somebody should build some train tracks that lead right up to a, um, a structural weak point on a building and then hijack a train. It's a good idea. I'm happy. Get it onto the appropriate line, get the signalling chain. Well, yeah, should you just drive work, the train it? at high speed into the like the buffers at Waterloo or whatever and just stack it? Yeah, I mean, that would, uh, that would take out quite a lot of people, wouldn't it? Yeah. Or, I mean, it's no um, skyscraper, but it'd be pretty devastating. Hmm. I mean, perhaps the terrorists have actually taken control of uh, Southern Rail, and they're yeah. doing their terror just by slashing the timetable in half and then still cancelling half of the trains. So they're, they're going. I mean, that's, just that is sort of terrorist, people. isn't it? It's affecting people's way of life. I mean, and they're definitely winning, is, aren't yeah, they? they? I mean, yeah. yeah, the terrorists have always been jealous of our trains and how they run on time. I would have thought that ISIS would probably run a rail franchise quite efficiently, and it would probably be quite good. Well, yeah, because I imagine if like any of the trains were late, they'd just execute the drivers. But they wouldn't want to be making... I mean, well, ISIS don't really make an escape, do they? But they wouldn't want to be getting to an event to blow it up, but be delayed because the trains are bullshit, would they? They'd, they'd have a really good service. Yeah. Just make sure their jihadis get to the appropriate target on time. I mean... They would have a good service, but again, it would be quite obvious what they were doing. Yeah. I mean, I think, to be honest, at this point, people would be willing to have their train service run by ISIS if it just fucking got them to work on time. 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally down with that. And if it was a little bit cheaper, that'd be I mean, a that plus. Bonus, yeah. 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 Maybe um yeah, ISIS should um bid for the southern franchise when it inevitably gets stripped from um Govia, I believe. Just yeah. uh train, Which sounds like a, an, an island it's state nice. created by Michael Gove. Yeah. Well, I mean maybe that's that's what we're getting to the bottom of the rabbit hole here and we're finding out that Michael Gove actually owns southern trains and is running them all himself it and that's why it's such a shit show. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, in news of other um, ISIS-related events, uh, Sainsbury's had to recall some wanky squash because it explodes. What is wanky squash? Not are literally talking, wanky. Are we it talking is... the fruit or the juice drink? Um, oh, right, I see what you mean. No, it's a, a juice drink. So um, oh, right. they had... Um, so it's called Blossom Cottage Morello Cherry Cordial. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I think explode. anyone buying that deserves to have it explode in their face. How how um, does it explode? Well, it starts fermenting and causes a build-up of gas, which can cause the bottles to just explode and and embed shards of glass in your brain, that which isn't like really what you what you want when you buy some uh, posh juice. So, if you get it before it's exploded, it's a delicious fizzy alcoholic drink. Exactly. So it's basically you're playing chicken. <laughs> with a bottle of squash. Yeah. How long yeah. how long can you leave it before it explodes and kills you? This one's a good vintage, but it's about to go pop. Nice. It uh costs two pounds fifty, and if you bought um I can give out the batch numbers and we can sort of do the recall work for them. Um but no fuck those guys. Yeah. Uh and you can I don't know, you just don't put it near your head, I suppose. Uh but they say as a precautionary measure, Blossom Cottage are asking all customers who have bought this product not to consume it and instead dispose of it immediately. But surely, if you bought it, just drink it straight away. Yeah, before it explodes. Exactly. I mean, last thing, like they're telling you them to put it in their bin. They're going to have four dead bin men by the end of the week. Yeah. And it's all Sainsbury's fault, which is probably part of their plan, I guess. Um. I mean, I just point out that dragon soup doesn't cost much more and is similarly delicious. And, yeah, I mean, it's probably more likely to explode. Yeah, it hasn't yet. Mm, yeah, no, that's true. But my guts did explode after. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, yeah, thank you. Anyway. Um, so, seagulls, uh, speaking of things making people drunk when you wouldn't expect it, we're doing quite good segues yeah, if we if we're not careful, we're going to end up professional. I sure why not? Okay, so seagulls can get drunk from eating too many flying ants. Yep, apparently seagulls, um, because of the hot weather, there are lots of flying ants around. Uh, so there's basically, and, and seagulls love eating them for whatever dumb reason. Um, but the formic acid in the ants makes them act super drunk. So basically, there's a bunch of seagulls acting even more like arseholes than normal seagulls but also like flying into windows, running out into traffic, um, and generally, you know, killing themselves in stupid seagull ways. Which is I'm a, in favour of. Because fuck is there a video of uh, drunk seagulls? Um, I don't know. Not sure. Find out. That, no, that's a massive disappointment, because drunk animals is one of the funniest things. Have you? There's um, monkeys in some foreign country... And they get drunk because some of the fruit ferments, and then 
there's a video of just monkeys just falling over all over the place, really pissed, and it's amazing. I'm, I'm the, it looks what? a lot like a Weatherspoons at about 10.30. <laughs> Except they're not racist. They probably are, we just can't understand them. They probably are, yeah. And speaking of racists, uh, Nigel Farage is applying for German citizenship. He is. Is that because of his is... wife? Well, well, I was going to say, is that because of the moustache? <laughs> well, <laughs> it fits together very effectively. Um, I, I think it's mostly because he's a massive bellend, but um, possibly it's also related to his wife and his um, evident desire to become Hitler. Hmm. Hitler was Austrian. Yeah, but um, I mean, you, you know, could claim Austria so as as part of the Greater German uh, Diaspora, couldn't you? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to. Hitler did. Can't make me. Well, yeah, Hitler did. Yeah. Oh well, fair enough then. Um, so yeah, I guess the moustache is related, and uh, he's got to grow this to. No, who is this Nigel? I do not do Nigel Farage. I am Hans. Well, we're assuming that Fijal Naraj is about to um, come out of the political wilderness and come to lead UKIP and is no way related to Nigel Farage. But, mm. um, yeah. I heard someone point out that doesn't the moustache mean he's the evil version? And that's a horrifying mm. thought, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I, I don't see Nigel Farage as evil. Just well, no, but the moustached version is evil. and But but hopefully the, the evil version might have a bit of, like... Style or Elan, you know, if if it's, if he's properly evil, has he got a volca- hollowed out volcano in the Pacific somewhere? Has he got like a laser death ray or something? It's, it's Nigel Farage, cool. though, isn't it? So he'd have a hollowed out, um, something or something in. Yeah, it it would be a sort of a poor man's version of that, wouldn't it? Well, this is my point about Nigel Farage. He's just so naff. Yeah, it, it's ugh. he's like the eighties have come back. With all the worst bits of the eighties and none of the good bits. Hmm. It's a very sexy moustache, though. It's it's not. Oh. Hmm. Well, speaking of um, going to Germany to invade Poland and um, slaughter millions of people, uh, Chris, you're applying for a grown-up job. Uh, I am. Yes. Um, I finished uh, being a student and mucking about in Europe, uh, tasting delicious kebabs. And uh, I need to have a proper job. So I thought perhaps uh, you could give me advice, uh, or maybe we could do a role-play job interview. So do you know what sort of grown-up job you're going to... Uh, Did you just go into the job centre and say, I'd like a (laughs) grown-up job, please? A grown-up job, please. I own a tweed suit, uh, a three-piece pinstriped suit. uh, (laughs) Do you um, have a briefcase? Uh, I don't have a briefcase, no. You're going to need a briefcase. I, I have all the accoutrements of, uh, required of a, a proper grown-up, so now I probably need the job. Yeah, it's um, one of the sad facts of life. Yeah. I mean, I think probably the advice would mostly be from Dan, because he has a, a proper adult grown-up job. Uh, the other two of you just play with computers. so That's true. I mean... I hesitate to describe my job as proper adult or grown up, but yeah. it is very much all of those three things. Well, you work at um, uh, I don't know, like a hospital or something, telling people to change stuff or something. That's true. And you have lots and lots of meetings. That's also sadly true. Yeah, that is a very grown up job. 
Yeah, fuck, I've got a great job, haven't I? Yep. Bollocks. Sorry, mate. And and also, Daniel recently was successful at getting a new proper grown-up job, wasn't he? An even more grown-up job, yeah. because it's in bloody London. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd say it's full of grown-up people, but um, I'm not quite sure that's true. Mm. So, um, did, what do you, what kind of advice do you want on um, what job to get? Or uh, No, um, I think we should just assume that I'm applying for a job, and you should advise me on how to get that job. Okay. Okay. So, obviously, the three-piece tip tweed suit is uh, a mainstay. Uh, that will cover a whole variety of situations. Um, most of them involving adult jobs, but also involving you know getting caught out in the rain or having to accidentally go hunting or something. Um, shiny shoes, I hear that's important. Um, I'm not quite sure of the zeitgeist on, on beards and moustaches, but I'm sure they're cool. I would uh, recommend that you apply for a job. That does help too. Or you can cut out the middleman and just turn up and start doing the job and eventually somebody will have to pay you for it. I like that. Otherwise you'll stop doing it and then they would be in trouble. Yeah. And it saves them the headache of having to find, like, re-CVs. I mean, that must be boring. Yeah. I mean, that does sidestep the requirement of doing an interview, doesn't it? Well, at some point someone will ask you who you are and what are you doing here. And that's kind of an interview, isn't it? interview. And you might be it might be a police security. interview, even. <laughs> Who are you, and why have you been coming to this place and, and moving all those things around? Yeah. yeah. In an event, you want to present the very best impression of yourself. So. And maybe you could then get a job as a policeman as a result of that interview. Yeah. yeah. I could turn the tables, I could start asking them. Yeah. yeah. Saying, who are well, you? That's an interview saying, would you like to ask us any questions? So um, you can start with, you know, where were you on the, on the night of the 17th between uh, 10 and 12 p.m.? Ah, yeah. Okay. I think it's important um, when you go into an interview to make a good first impression and make them remember you. So if you just like, go in, refuse to sit down and say, look, this is a waste of everybody's time. I am the best candidate give me the job. Mm. They'll admire how forthright you are, and they'll say he said he was the best man, and he wouldn't have been able to say that if he wasn't, so uh, everybody else can can go home. He's got the job. And if anyone disagrees, you can burst into tears and accuse them of emotionally bullying you, and say that your lawyers will be in contact. Yeah. Yeah, if, if one of the panel um, like questions that statement, you just look at the others and go, who the fuck is this guy? And they'll, uh, they'll say, well, I don't know. Yeah. Um, you just need to you need to go in there, show them that you're the big dog, um, and um, I don't know. I remember giving uh, our friend Hayden some very good advice when he was going for a job interview. Uh, it was in the winter, and he was he was too early, so he thought he would walk up and down outside and phone me up. So we had the idea that perhaps they could see him walking up and down outside, wondering what he was doing, um, and. I it was a cold day because it was winter, so I suggested that he should pre-warm his hands in his crotch so that when he <laughs> shook their hand, uh, it would be lovely and warm. Oh, nobody wants to shake a cold hand, do they? No. Yeah. No. Um, I know. I don't. Well, it's summer now, and you're going to get you're going to have a job before the winter, aren't you? Because otherwise, um, 
mean, well, the, the Dorset winters are are very harsh. Mm. Yeah, you want to have you stashed were... the firewood. Yeah. So uh, I don't know that warming your hands down your pants would necessarily be hard. I mean, don't don't not do it. Obviously, just in case. I mean, probably walk into the room with your hands still down your pants, so it's as warm as it can possibly be as you shake. I mean, both hands down the pants, and then present the the right hand strongly for the shake. Yeah. Oh, and then clasp the other the hand yes, with your left as well. Yeah. 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 And say, "I want my hands on my crotch for you." Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you want actual advice? Because I don't want to give you any. <laughs> um, no, I don't. I don't feel we're in any reasonable position to give you anything that could be realistically classified as good advice. I mean, no, yeah. actually, we can. In that, most of the things, everything we say on this podcast, you should kind of consider carefully and then do the exact opposite. Oh, well, yes, that's true enough. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you would you like to do a role play and we can interview... Well, we could interview you for a permanent position on the podcast. Okay, and, that, that would um, be... Ultimately not, not give it to you. Yeah, okay, uh, that would be fine. I and mean, for a start, I'd recommend um, that you don't do the interview by internet. Right. Unless you want them to hear every fourth word. Yeah. I mean, that, that might be to your benefit, who knows? Well, they will be in Dorset as well. So I'll okay. only hear every fourth word that they're saying to me. So it would it would level the playing field, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. So, um, Mr. Christopher, um, why you want job? Uh, I want job because job give money. <laughs> that's that's fair, isn't it? That's that's an excellent answer. We appreciate your brevity. Um, so, so I have a follow up question. Uh, was the book Frankenstein really about state control? Yeah, it was oh, a fucking monster, wasn't it, mate? Uh, I don't know. I not read that book. No, it wasn't because Mary Shelley really didn't care about that stuff and was a scientist. So, do you know who I hate? Is anybody who points out that Frankenstein was the name of the doctor and not the monster because they, they can the they can go fuck themselves? Frankenstein was the monster. The monster was inside. The monster yeah, was I mean, inside you all along. In more of a literal sense, Frankenstein's monster is called Frankenstein. And uh, anyone who disagrees and points out that his name is Adam, which is even less of a... No offence, but, I mean, that's not going to frighten anyone, is it? No, no. This well, is my monster. His name is Adam. If I invented a monster, I would definitely name it after myself. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Why I'd wouldn't call- you? Yeah. So, um, you were- actually, the, doc- the, the doctor was called Frankenstein, he was just the monster. Uh, they deserve to be eaten by Frankenstein. Do you know a, a worse example of that is um, when somebody says uh, the Union Jack and someone says, Oh, it's not on a boat, it's actually the Union flag. Because yeah. they're pedants, but also they're incorrect because there was a, there was a particular date and they said... Actually, you can call it a Union Jack even if it isn't on a boat. Yeah, maybe so. you could strangle them with the flag while on a boat. Yeah, is this still part of the interview? Well, I think we're learning a lot about Chris's character. Um, mm. So, Chris, if a hippo falls into a hole, how would you get it out? Well, we well maybe it, does it want to leave the hole? It might be quite oh, happy in the hole. I like that. How would you find out? Uh. I would wait and see if it remained alive. <laughs> okay. And That's, if it stayed alive in the hole, it probably liked it. 
Are you How just the Googling whole... shit interview questions, Dan, or is this... Yes, I literally have just Googled shit interview questions. I mean, I, I, I is that How big is the hole that the hippo fell into? Is it hippo-sized, or is it, like, you know, immense? Are we it's talking, like, you know... It's yeah, a bit bigger than the yeah, Grand Canyon kind of hole, or are we talking like you know? It's only slightly bigger than okay. I would I would fill it with water because hippos can float. Yeah, and so it would just rise to the top. I think the the point of the question is um, to gauge whether you're going to be interfering and rocking the boat, and you should say well, it's, it's not my job to get the hippo out the out the hole. It's not. It won't be in my job description. I'm not doing it, and they'll say. We respect that because we want employees who know what their tasks are and don't uh, get ideas. Yeah, I'm pretty sure hippo rescues a union job anyway. You wouldn't want to get involved in that sort of thing. Well, I am going for a job at the zoo, so perhaps Mm. (laughs) perhaps it would be relevant. But but which enclosure? Uh, I would be... If you're uh, in the monkeys, then uh, the hippo doesn't fall under your jurisdiction. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think if you would be a hippo keeper, then that is a reasonable question to ask you. Mm. But then you would turn it back on them and say, well, why the fuck is there a hole big enough for a hippo to fall in in my enclosure? Get this shit sorted. And they'll say, yeah, good good point. You've got the job. So, uh, Adam, what what is your role in this interview panel? Because I've been direct. Dan has been obtuse. I've not been paying attention. Yeah, that's, that's I think that does fit. I think Adam would be the flirtatious one that was there to deliberately try and distract me. Oh yeah, just showing a bit of cleavage. So and, cleavage uh, and and fluttering his eyelashes and to try and distract yeah. me from answering the first. The first thing you should do is re- is request that he is removed from the panel. So the best. Hey, I I'd see your game. You're trying to distract me with oh, this hottie over here. Can you get him out of the room, please? So the best interview distraction I ever had was um, I went, when I was applying for university, I went for an interview at Oxford, and there were two people in a classic Oxford, you know, what you imagine like a Don's office, full of books and paraphernalia and all that jazz. Uh, One of them was a fairly normal-looking scientist, and the other was a fairly normal-looking female scientist, who, at the start of the interview, popped a boob out and started breastfeeding her child. (laughs) (laughs) Was was the child on the panel as well? It didn't ask any questions. Um, well, I don't know yeah. if it was judging. Well, no, I imagine it had a mouthful of tit. Well, it did. I mean, given that you went to university in Bath, I'm going to guess that this went well. <laughs> it went exactly as well as the, you expect. You responded in a, in the manner they would have. Uh, did you just start giggling? <laughs> no, I, 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 I was just kind of stunned. You know, I was 18. I barely understood how women, you know, worked, having been to a boys' school. So it was sort of like, what, the, but, but, what? Maybe you should have. Uh, <laughs> maybe they're expecting you to say, "Allow me." <laughs> well, which which party is Dan jump standing in for here? <laughs> I mean, either's great, isn't it? <laughs> what a wonderful image! Um, I I hate these. Oh, um, on the subject of Dan and wonderful uh, images and sounds, I put that clip from last week's into the uh, podcast folder, so it is available. Should you wish to insert it into any future episode, what clip? The one that Graham said that's getting clipped. You may be able to remember which one it was. It was during our uh, literature reading. <laughs> you feel so fucking good inside of my titles. <laughs> oh right, yeah. Oh fuck. Um, okay, mm. I'm going to make it my ringtone. Um, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> oh, that's going to get you some good looks. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, my voice is very sexy. So, um, I mean, Dan, have you got any more stupid questions you'd like to ask the the candidate? Uh, one second. I really hate these stupid questions. Yeah, I think if, if somebody asks you one of these stupid questions that they've clearly Googled, then um, you, you should just refuse to answer and yeah. tell them that they're wasting your time. And you wouldn't want to work for somebody who would ask you such a stupid question about fucking hippos and holes anyway, unless, like you say, you're working at the zoo, which is yeah. Thankfully, I don't tend to find that I've ha- I get many of those. I've not had many interviews where I've been asked any kind of questions that weren't relevant to the job. The ones yeah, I like are when they say, um, what what are your weaknesses? They say, well, I'm not telling you that. I'm here f- to get a job. I don't want to tell you no, no, that I'm there quite is... lazy and I steal office supplies. <laughs> no, there's a perfect answer to I that. I have acute paranoia. The perfect answer is, uh, to that question, the weakness question is, well, I think I'm too honest. To which they will ne- inevitably say, oh, well, I don't think honesty is a weakness. At which point you say the killer line of, I don't give a shit what you think. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there must be a right answer to that. I tend to say I take on too much responsibility. But, I mean, I wouldn't employ somebody who said that because it's clearly bullshit. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's the problem. It's a trick question because you either lie about, like, something that you're... It's, it's that kind of classic thing of something that's actually a good thing, but you try and spin it as a bad thing. Or mm. you just have to say, like, I'm quite shit at my job. Yeah. What, what's your worst characteristic? Oh, I'm really lazy. <laughs> I'm not I'm not very knowledgeable about the subject matter. I mean, frankly, I'm woefully underqualified for the position. So, Chris, I'd, um, I'd like to now enter a bit of role play within this role play. Um, okay. Which That's is something I saw on the Channel 4 um, waste of everybody's time, the job interview. And that or, is, I'm going to pretend to be. And, yep, uh, they did a. Well, uh, exactly what what I just said. Um, but I'm going to now pretend to be an angry customer, and you have to um, diffuse the situation and, exp- and tell me how you would deal with that. Is he still working at a zoo? Um, what kind of industry are you intending to work in, Chris? Uh, I'm not sure it really matters. Okay, that's fine. So it, we're going to say it's maybe, we're going to say it's the zoo. Okay. So uh, I, you are now the customer services advisor at the zoo, and I'm telephoning you. Okay. Are you going to do the 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 bring bring? I will put in some professional sounding um, well sound effects. <laughs> Hello. 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 Is this the zoo? Uh, yes, it is the zoo. My child got eaten by a lion. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing's not going to help, is it? Right, I, think you, I don't think you've done John Chris. <laughs> I mean, you. I mean, why I'd be phoning about that? Is <laughs> I would deal in with a very the matter of fact way. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I, I can go um, for a more. We realistic. don't have any lines at this zoo. <laughs> must have been a different <laughs> shit. <laughs> they all rumbled again. Something unfortunate. Uh, yeah. Well, it could have been a tiger. I don't know. I'm not a botanist. Uh, this this zoo uh, is exclusively for uh, rodents. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did a hippo fall in a hole? Then uh, we have very bad fencing. <laughs> 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 it wasn't even your hippo. 
Okay, I've got a, a good um, question, and that is, if a child got into a gorilla enclosure, uh, with which weapon would you murder the gorilla? Uh, I don't think I would murder the gorilla. I think well, so. You'd murder the child. That's um, good. Yeah, it wouldn't good want the idea. child. Wouldn't want the child to suffer. So yeah. <laughs> I'd uh, shoot the child. Yeah, I mean that's that's probably the best that's way out of the situation line. with hindsight. And then people wouldn't be really upset that you killed a gorilla. I don't think. Yeah, I think. I think there's there are loads of children, aren't there? But there aren't very many gorillas. Which one is more valuable? Well, I mean, is that really for us to say? What what I probably would have done in that situation is perhaps used a tranquilizer dart. Yeah, but you'd need, I mean, you know, at least four, and who's got the time to shoot something four times? Mm. I suppose the risk with that is that it would piss the gorilla off enough. Yeah, you might have put in a, a rage dart instead of a tranquilizer. I and mean, it look, did look... Tranquilize a child. Tranquilize yeah. a child, oh. And then the gorilla would be bored with it. Yeah. And it would go limp, so when it was thrown around, it wouldn't matter. Well, this toy is this toy is rubbish. I'm just gonna. Yeah, they're not yeah. like you know, gorillas are, are herbivores. They're not gonna eat the child. No, mm. I, I think I failed that job interview, didn't I? Um, I would say so. Yeah, uh, but I think maybe you're just not cut out for. Um, but on, your, on the upside, in, Chris, in we were very impressed that you didn't comment on the fact that Dan had his tit out. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the fact that I had my dick out. Well, it was that obscured was by anyway. Daniel's tit, so... Oh, <laughs> I did have it between them. <laughs> so, um, I hope this has been very helpful. It's given me some ideas, yes. Mm. Good. So, um, and Dan, you've uh, you've put this on the agenda, and I also saw this tonight, and that is that um, you can now buy an avocado burger, but it's not the burger made of avocado and it doesn't have avocado in the burger they have just cut an avocado in half and are using that instead of a bun it is it is literally the shittest food trend ever because i don't know i i would say it's a step up on on brioche burger bun well i was going to say that i know you you it, that fuels your ire um yes. and ha- but would you 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 consider avocados to be a step forward from brioche, do you? Uh, I consider pretty much anything to be a step forward. From no, brioche. because you can't grip the avocado; they're greasy. I don't care. Mm. I, just, I just take the avocado off. I'm not going to try. It. I'm not going to eat the fucking burger and the avocado. Like can, logistically, that's just ridiculous. I mean, I, I know that you've previously covered the increase in price in avocados, haven't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this this. This will never make it to New Zealand, this trend. The trend in avocados uh, are causing huge problems around the world. There's uh, a lot of illegal deforestation in order to grow avocados. Uh, Mexico is one of the areas where it's been the worst affected. And Mm. um, it it is a, a tricky thing when food trends in the developed world cause huge issues in the developing world. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's a huge issue for them. You have a similar but... thing with uh, with uh, quinoa. Yeah, that it used to be a, if... a staple food of um, indigenous peoples, and it suddenly became very popular around the world. So that the people who have been eating it for uh, millennia suddenly Can't couldn't afford, afford to buy this very healthy thing that they have always eaten, and had to mm. start eating McDonald's instead. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that would have um, 
made them happier because everyone likes McDonald's. Yeah, and quinoa sucks. Yeah, I mean, I think the the causation is wrong. I think it's not the cost of the quinoa going up. It's the fact that they couldn't bring themselves to eat it anymore after they saw the kind of dickheads who are eating it now. Yeah. No, and I think they've just shunned it. I think that's absolutely right. Hmm. Um, so, Adam, do you have anything to contribute? Um, not a huge amount. Uh, I have been uh, reading a fascinating thing. Uh, I don't know if you saw in the news about the uh, people who had worked out that basically every VW and associated car, so like Audi, Skoda, Seat, etc., um, has a really shit keyless entry system that is really easy to hack and basically every car that's been made in the last 15 years is vulnerable. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've been reading the paper that's been published and basically not only can anybody who can get within range of your car unlocker when you use it uh, unlock your car or indeed lock it, um, but they can also basically disable the system from working so that you can't use it to lock or unlock the car as well. What apparatus do you need to do this? Uh, about 30 quid's worth of electronics. Oh, just to... Just any electronics. There isn't yes. that. Yes. Uh, no. But basically, you they, they are... They're, they, the, the key cycling they use is really predictable, so you only need to record one use of it, and you okay. can then use that to basically replay the signal. But it's got like an internal counter, and if the counter number that you send is lower than the previous one used and you do that twice it just disables it for security yeah. reasons so therefore uh you can just do that and then the person can't unlock their car anymore remotely um, i think the most fun you could have with that is um just hiding in a hedge and locking the car just after somebody unlocks it every time <laughs> yeah basically you you could do that yeah. i mean because presumably you wouldn't be able to start the car so it's not going to help you no, you could steal no, stuff it's, out of the. It's purely unlocking it. Um, I mean, you could put your elbow through the window quite easily, couldn't you? Yeah. Um, as but far I as think mischief no is. To, uh, to go beyond that. Mm, well, I mean, you could just jam a screwdriver into the ignition and turn it. I think that yes. works. Yeah, it does. Um, so basically, there are some cars that aren't affected, but most VWs of the last like decade um, are vulnerable to this exploit. Um, that, as I said, that includes Audi, Seat. Um, the other one, Skoda, um, and that lot. So it's not great, and there's no easy way to fix it because mm. it would mean essentially recalling what the best part of 100 million cars to fix. Haven't they got to recall all of the um, all of these ones anyway? Uh, in, they're doing it in some countries. In other countries, they've just kind of gone, yeah, fuck it, whatever. Uh, here's 50 quid, uh, like VW voucher. Yeah, his dad's got a, a VW that's affected by the the naughty emissions thing. And I'm still not quite sure what they've offered him in terms of, you know, sorry you've been accidentally gassing your family for... One of the, a face mask like they were in China. Yeah. I don't really want to wear a face mask, though, because faff. Mm. But you work in London now, you have to, otherwise you have black snot. Mm, yeah, I kind of have to live with that. Ugh. Yeah. The rest of us don't want to see your black snot. Yeah. The interesting thing about the, uh, the the paper is that it was primarily written by some people from the University of Birmingham. Uh, cool. When so, you read it, did you imagine that it was being spoken in a brummy voice? 
Uh, I I did. Um, although weirdly, two of the uh, two of the University of Birmingham authors uh, have listed their email addresses as Birmingham.ac.uk addresses, and one of them has just listed it as like some domain in France. Yeah. Oh. I mean, his name is Pierre, so I'm guessing he's French. Mate, well, that's what he wants yeah. you to think. Yeah. And then there's a German guy as well who is involved in it. I don't know where how he got involved. Um. It's Nigel Farage with his moustache. So I, I would read two sentences in in a strong Birmingham accent, then one in a French accent, and then one in a German accent. <laughs> that would make it very entertaining. I think you I mean, should do that uh, in your job interview. I, I think it's kind of necessary when you're reading uh, a, a, a scientific paper on uh, keyless entry systems and how to bypass them, because it's not exactly the most exciting Anything to keep you awake. Mm. It's like seventeen pages. It's only seventeen pages, actually, and like three of those pages is the bibliography. Mm. I mean, there's an interesting idea that uh, that Graham mentioned that I could do that in my job interview. Uh, Perhaps an accent is a is a good way to go. I would suggest many accents. Yeah, I would suggest you stick with a consistent accent. No, 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 because they can't comment on the fact that your accent keeps changing because then they would be racists. They can't do Uh. it. So oh, it's okay. Mean, it's not just VWs. There's also a bunch of other cars as well that are vulnerable to a separate vulnerability. I think we should start manufacturing the um, said thirty pounds of electronics um, and selling them. Before you do that, perhaps uh, you could find a, a, a electronicy thing for my car because I lost mine. Is it um, a VW? Oh. No, it's a Peugeot. But uh, I hid it at a party when I was very drunk. And then I couldn't remember where I hid it. <laughs> so quite effective. Uh, the Peugeot 207 is vulnerable to one of these exploits, so possibly the 206 is as well. Right. Mm. But you'd so have it, to witness me getting in using oh, the... Oh, yeah, that's the, the problem. We, yeah, we need the original to... Uh, so we'd have to invent it. a time machine now. Yeah. But then if we had a time machine, you could just go back yeah, and... Uh, find the key. Or maybe, maybe you did. Maybe that's why you couldn't find it, because future you went back and um, took it. Perhaps, yeah. To protect oh. the car from theft. Yeah. Yeah. Quite. I mean, the car is presumably still at the party, is it? No, it's it's here. Well, how did it? How did it get back? Um, uh, a friend had to drive me home, uh, <laughs> uh, thirty, forty miles, to collect my other set of keys, and then drive me back to the party. You should have just used the time machine. <laughs> I should have done. Yeah. yeah. Well. I think that um, is all we have the will for. Yeah. Uh, so, Adam, what have you learnt this week? I have learnt how to get a hippo out of a hole. Uh, Dan, what have you learnt? I have learnt that I am absolutely confident that Chris is going to get a job very soon. Chris, what have you learnt? Oh, I've I've learnt that Dan's lovely. He was quite mean to me last time, wasn't he? Yeah, but that was very nice. That's exactly the sort of boost I need to my confidence. I've learned that uh, Dan has been reading up on manipulation, and he is. Uh, I'm just playing the long his. game now. It's fine. Yeah. He eluded me when he was abroad, um, so my confidence has been shaken a bit. So I've did, just had to change my tactics up a bit. Did you miss him? Well, in a you know, physically yes, I missed the shot, but. I, I can take another one. Oh, well. I thought you meant physically. Yes, I, my, <laughs> I missed his presence. <laughs> is bearing down upon me. I've got uh, sand in my hair. 
Which hair? Uh, my head hair. <laughs> okay. Good. How? None of your business. Okay. Whilst we're all here, um, I, I have a question about the weekend. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's keep the podcast going while we do our admin. Yeah, okay. Because you're you're going to be in Leeds at the weekend. That's our plan. And so, any any listeners who want to join us, um, I mean, this, it'll be probably tomorrow by the time this comes out, but um, it's not our problem, really. Yeah. So so I, I can go to Leeds, but uh, I looked at getting the train and it costs far too much money. So uh, I was going to ask Adam when he was leaving. Um, I don't know at the moment. Probably Friday-ish sometime, okay. like maybe. When when can I arrive is the question. Um, Whenever you like. I'm working at home on Friday, so I can knock off early if you can get here early, but otherwise I'll finish at five. Okay, well, I don't know, because if I do come on Friday, it will be early enough that I'll try and dodge some of the traffic. So okay. um, it will need to be... I'll, I'll try and get there for kind of like four o'clock. Um, yeah, but it just depends. I should be able to leave on Friday, but I don't know for certain in mind. But being um, Saturday morning. So if you let me know, because then maybe I can come and leave my car at your house, and you can drive me the rest of the way. I can do that. That sounds acceptable. And uh, Dan's going to be a spoil sport and not join us until Saturday, I believe. Mm, probably. Um, I need to look at the trains and how early I can scarper on Friday. I just worry that a ticket from the middle of London to Leeds on Friday afternoon is going to be... Why don't you just get a train straight from London? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what we'll do. But, uh... You work in central London. Do you not knock off at three o'clock on a Friday like everybody else? No. It's very sad. Well, I probably could. Well, so I need to talk with boss. Um... No, you just tell him you're the boss now. Not quite sure it works like that. I'll give it a try. We could we could roleplay. We could roleplay. I'll be your boss, and um, you could ask me if you can leave early on the Friday. I'll be I'll be your union rep. Okay, Chris, can I leave early on the Friday? Hang on, you you need to knock on my door. You can't just burst in. Come on, mate. Show some respect. Ah, balls. Who's this? (laughs) (laughs) That's making him Australian. Really great idea. G'day, boss. Can I knock off early on Friday, please? Why are you putting on a voice? You're you. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing, Australian? (laughs) Okay, yeah, go in with an Australian accent. I'll freak him out. Yeah, like Australians, certainly. Lowering your false sense of security. Is that Dan? Is that little Dan? How you doing, little Dan? What's going on, man? Uh, You you can't actually call him little Dan because that's belittling to him. But it's a joke because he's a great big guy, it's like little John, uh, isn't it? I'm going to report you. Oh no, don't um, don't report me, mate. Okay. Uh, rather than report, can you just let me knock off early on Friday, please, Governor? Where are you going, mate? Uh, and that's actually none of your business. It's his personal time. Look, if it's on company time, it's my bloody business. All right. Not if you let him knock off early. It's not that. Then it becomes his time. <laughs> Graham, you're the union rep. I never knew I wanted. Yeah, I am instantly available for disciplinaries. Excellent. On both sides, but only if they let you do an Australian accent. <laughs> Absolutely. I've been I've what? been bamboozled by your union rep. He advises <laughs> me I have to let you leave early. Excellent. In fact, I'm gonna 
I'm going to let you leave early every day in that you don't even have to come into work, and in return I won't pay you. How do you like ah, that? Ah, shit, not again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you can come on Thursday. That's true. Yeah. That was like it, yeah. <laughs> you don't have a job. I'm, um, I'm, I'm working in London on Thursday, so um, actually I'm, I'm taking your job. <laughs> oh, what do you want to know? You want to know about trains? Is on fucking Google or something? Which is the station closest to you? Jesus, if I say this, then people are going to be able to triangulate my position and, um, and I don't know, nothing really. Uh, Normanton. But, um, uh, I mean, yeah, Normanton is all, I don't know, Wakefield would be easiest from London and we can come and get you. Oh, Wakefield. That does mean. Mm. Wakefield Westgate. Have to go to Wakefield or Kirkgate, which is actually this side of the city, so that would be more help for me, but less help for you because not no trains go there. <laughs> it's not really my problem. <laughs> Hundred and six quid. Well, don't go on a fucking train then. Don't go on a fucking train that you book at the last minute. Yeah, just don't we'll buy tickets. Like no one buys tickets for trains these days. Uh, yeah, no. Okay. When so was the last time you saw a ticket inspector? Uh, Tuesday. Get a helicopter. Why don't, you, why don't you just drive? Yeah, no, well, because if I'm going from middle of central London, it's easier to train because I can't drive to work. Um, well, drive, drive to Leeds in the morning, get the train to London, <laughs> and then train back and then just drive from there to Graham's. Just say you're working from home, just don't tell them it's my home. Mm. Uh, I'll see what I can figure out. Okay, well, we'll be in the pub, so... Um, so. You know how to get to the pub. Yeah. Cool. Right, well, that's the end of episode 61, and um, thanks for joining us in that. Cool. Yeah. Bye. 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 Oh, I just realised we missed the story about the Japanese pole vaulter who uh, got knocked out of the Olympic event because his (laughs) penis knocked the bar down. Well, we're still recording, so this is a bonus. Let's please. What is uh, that real? Yeah, there's a Japanese pole vaulter, and um, his penis knocked the bar off as he was doing the uh, the pole vault. Um, if you bear with me one second, I will send you a link to a GIF of the man's penis uh, knocking a bar off, uh, and then you can watch it happen yourself. Uh, Holy I'm fuck! I'm excited about this. <laughs> that is literally his penis, isn't it? <laughs> That is literally his penis. I thought that was just a, a hilarious... No, that was actually his penis knocking the bar down. <laughs> that just looks like well, it probably hurt quite a lot. Yeah. I don't do a pole vault with an erection, for fuck's sake. Well, I mean, obviously he really enjoys pole vaulting. Yeah, well, I mean, who doesn't?